Welcome to Turning Point, healthcare's first show dedicated to featuring leaders and the key turning points in their lives that have made them who they are. Here's your host, Stacy Wong. Servicon Systems here on the Turning Point podcast again with the pleasure of interviewing a dear friend um, of mine, Christy Schmidt. And um, Christy has, gosh, we've known each other now for what, maybe six months, maybe longer than that. Goodness, longer. Time, something weird happened with time in the last two years. So you could literally say anything and I wouldn't know. is that the point of the Turning Point podcast is to really highlight what it takes to be successful in healthcare administration. I've been having the pleasure of interviewing different healthcare administrators and leaders. And um, in today's world, healthcare is under the spotlight. It is so intense right now. And to hear from the people who are behind the scenes working so hard is just fascinating. And not just about, you know, just all of the accomplishments, which you do have, but really the turning point in your life, those moments that really make you, you know, make you tick, make you who you are, make you got into this field in general. So that's what I want to dive into. But um, I do want to say, you know, your background is amazing. You have, you are currently the system director of care experience at St. Luke's Health System, which is a huge health system here in Boise, Idaho. That's phenomenal. Um, and you're, which is basically a nursing leader for patient and family experience, right? Exactly. Um, yes. So much nursing experience in your background. I was looking at your resume again and just amazed. You went, you've gone from cancer to pediatrics to women's services and kind of everything in between. So what a diverse experience that you've had. Um, and also just tons of community volunteer, of course, knowing you and your passion for people, you've just been very much generous with your time and volunteering. So that's pretty phenomenal, but tell us just for a few minutes before we jump into these questions, um, about your role and what you're really focused on achieving there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for the time and, uh, appreciate having these conversations. Uh, my role is, as you said, the system director of care experience for St. Luke's Health System in Idaho. Um, that is as broad as you probably imagine it to be. Um, what we really try to do is influence um, what the experience of care is like and just continue to make it better. Our vision in our organization is to be the community's trusted partner in providing exceptional patient-centered care. And I really think about words a lot. I love words. Um, And I think about how we influence trust, how we um, become more and more patient-centered so that we can deliver that exceptional care. So there are certainly um, a lot of well-known, decades-old evidence-based best practices associated with how to um, make the experience of care better. And I think, you know, over the last few years, we've also had an incredible evolution given um, the pandemic and things that are happening in our workforce, how the um, staff and support um, folks that make the hospital run and those that provide the direct care influence that as well. 
So it's really about the human experience in healthcare, both the patient and family experience, and then the people who provide those um, moments of care, whether yeah. on the front lines or behind the scenes. Right, absolutely. Um, I love the human side of what you do because every single person out there, whether they're in healthcare administration or they're just you know, in a completely different world, um, we can all understand that, that human touch. We've all gone to the hospital and have cared about how we're treated or how our loved one is treated. And just your focus on that and making it that best possible experience is just really phenomenal. So thank you for the work you do. The compassion piece of that is just inspiring and, and touching. And I wish there was more people like you in the well, health. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Well, I've had such a diverse background. I really consider myself a generalist a, a little bit. I always say I know just enough to be dangerous. I work in a lot of different places and even recently was able to, um, you know, really elbow up with my uh, colleagues and um, go to the floor and provide some support during our surge efforts and crisis standards of care that were enacted in Idaho. And it really um, did a few things for me. It allowed me to um, be present with staff and just provide a little bit of relief, be present with patients. Yeah. Um, because we've had various iterations of visiting policies and other things and it um, helped me kind of get back to my roots a little bit. Nursing is just such an incredible, diverse career field that you can do so many things, but at the heart of all of it is that compassion and caring. And I think one of the, the most important things that I keep in mind is that when we have people come here to receive services or call into a virtual appointment or visit someone or, um, you know, interact with the health system in any way, it puts people in a vulnerable place before yeah. they even begin to have conversations, right? When you enter um, healthcare, you kind of are immediately in that vulnerable space. And so for us to remember that about people and meet them where they are and um, consider that vulnerability uh, whenever we're providing care, I think it's just really important for us to be able to relate to that and have empathy and show yeah. compassion and all of those fabulous right. things. Right. You're amazing for what you do. Um, okay, let me let me switch subjects here because okay. that's Christy corporate. That's yeah. you know all of your amazing experience and passion for what you do. But going back in your life a little bit, was there a turning point, like an aha moment? That, that kind of compelled you towards healthcare and, and the career that you're in today? Yeah, so um, going way back, um, I am probably a little bit unique because I am a, a pretty right brain person and a lot of people in healthcare tend to be more analytical and left brained. I was very much an art and music um, kid. My first pass at college was, um, in music school. And I just had an entire life built out of really music and art. And um, I got into college and had some epiphanies as many of us do at that age and thought, is this really what I wanna do with the rest of my life? Um, so I had a little bit of room to explore that. My mom had been a nurse, so I literally 
always say that I grew up in the emergency room back when we called them ERs and back before um, it was under lock and key. I would spend hours in the emergency room in the middle of Bismarck, North Dakota and be with my mom and the staff and do all sorts of things from um, turning over brooms to going on uh, midnight uh, fast food runs to all sorts of things. So I really grew up being exposed to healthcare in a probably a pretty unique way. Um, I also saw my mom go through nursing school when I was young. So I had that influence and I know at the heart of all this, many nurses share this story that they had a, a parent or a close family member who influenced them to become a nurse. And I'm certain that um, when I pivoted away from music and into a completely different career field, um, my mom uh, really was an influence for me in that respect, so. And just exposing you to, you know, you say you're a right, right like brain person, and, and I, I think I have too. Um, just to be in that experience and be be aware and observing all that's going on. You were probably building this case for the patient experience and what really what they're going through in those really terrible moments. I mean, if you're walking into a, an ER, you're not having the best day of your life and you can see it on people's faces. You can just see it on their hearts. So how could you step in and improve that process? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, some of our universal languages, you know, I really consider music to be a universal language and laughter to be a universal language and how we relate to each other in that respect, I think is just so incredibly important and having um, really had the opportunity to be creative at an early stage in my life, I think has really allowed me in my professional life to apply some of those things. I actually said a few weeks ago, wouldn't it be cool for us to get together as leaders? I was with a bunch of our, our um, chief nursing officers and, and have these like improv or jam sessions that we can just get together and talk about whatever comes to our mind, whatever is uh, creating friction or whatever we want to celebrate. So I still pull from those things um, and I'm able to apply them in I think unique ways, um, even kind of how I think I'm wired to solve problems or think creatively, you know, with some creativity um, when approaching problem solving and, and issues that come up. Um, I tend to just kind of see things a little differently sometimes yeah. in that respect. So I've, I've kind of uh, still pulled from some of those skills and applied them to nursing, which is kind of fun and cool. <laughs> all types right like we, yeah. we work best when we have a bunch of different skill sets coming together and working as a team um, yeah, yeah. always and like this is that's a universal truth it feels like right um so if there was a health system really struggling with the patient experience like they just you know their scores are low they just recognize like we do not have this under control and they want to make improvements what are well, maybe two or three things that you would say from your perspective and your experience which is a lot, um, do these things to get started. Obviously, it's a long, a long journey, right? Culture shift. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think um, we overcomplicate these things quite, <laughs> quite easily and readily. This is kind of the name of the game in healthcare. We deal with a lot of complexity all of the time. So it's very um, normal for us to make issues quite complex and difficult to solve. Um, I think the beauty about the experience is really that it's um, back to basics. 
it's a lot of times um, interactions that you're already having with people. It's just how do we make them better? And um, when, when you peel away all of the layers and onions and practices and those things, what it really comes down to is how we communicate with people. Um, communication, 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 and understanding that we have a lot of nuances and complexities to communication, um, both our verbal communication, our paraverbal, our nonverbal, and how patients perceive us um, is really important. So one thing I would say is think back to any experience that you have that you said this was just phenomenal. Yeah. It doesn't have to be in healthcare, right? A lot of our industry partners do things exceptionally well. Um, I often call out Chick-fil-A as being like the most amazing ballet of fast food that you could possibly experience, right? The way that they hand off and the, the interactions that they have with you and others. Right. It's really about consistent communication. And um, without a consistent approach to basic communication skills that organizations hold folks accountable for, I think without those foundations, um, anything else that we layer upon that really is not, um, is not set up for success. Yeah. So you think about tools like aided or the high reliability skills and tones and things that are really set um, tools and templates for how to interact consistently with your patients. You greet them appropriately. You identify yourself. You tell them who you are. You actively listen. Um, you communicate back so you validate understanding. You know, all of these basic tools, I think, are just really um, incredibly important. And I don't think we spend enough time exploring those and really um, setting good um, behaviors or modeling behaviors behind how important it, consistent communication skills just from a customer service perspective are in our industry. I think healthcare really likes to um, set themselves apart for a lot of reasons, but at the end of the day, there are things that are very similar to any other service that you would receive anywhere. Right. Um, people's expectations about how those interactions should look and feel are pretty consistent. Right. So making sure that's established, I think, is really important. Um, I, um, I'm thinking about that aid it because, you know, EVS impacts the HCAP score. I mean, not obviously not the whole age piece of that, but an important piece. And when, when we, we, we see this, when we train our EVS techs to go into the room and follow the aided procedure, the scores go up. I mean, yeah, and it absolutely. teaches them how to kind of open their heart and interact in a more compassionate, intentional way. And that's just housekeeping EVS. Imagine yeah. nurses, who are in and out of there a hundred times a day. Imagine the doctors who have a really important moment that they come in and tell you know the patient something grave or good or whatever. So yeah, just those yeah. basic communication skills are so impactful. Yeah, absolutely. And I would challenge you a little bit in saying just EVS, right? Because we tend to focus in healthcare a lot on our clinician partners, our nurses, our physicians but it really does take a team. And there are people behind the scenes and at the front lines. And in the last couple of years, we've just seen how incredibly impactful 
all of those folks are, food and nutrition services, folks that come in and draw labs, phlebotomy, security, um, EVS employees, all of those people are so important. We could not do what we do without everyone on that team. So I would say that even coming from a conference recently, we had a, a session that focused purely on perception of cleanliness, because of course there's an increased focus on cleanliness the last couple of years. And we've had struggles with staffing um, and EVS um, partners in our organization as many have. Yeah. So how do we influence people's perception of, of cleanliness? And a lot of that comes down to where organizations see an impact is how those folks interact with the patients okay. and families That's they're caring right. for. So it's just incredibly important that um, everybody is connected and part of that team and that um, everything we do is just so important. And EVS, so much, so much incredible work goes on with our employees that help keep our organizations clean because it really is a patient safety yeah. and staff safety um, process. So I think it's really important just to celebrate our partners who, who help us in that respect. We couldn't do what we do without them. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, yeah. I don't want to, you know, monopolize as the EVS service <laughs> provider, but it it is. I mean, we, I, I say that, you know, when we come in, we sometimes have seven minutes on average it takes to clean a room. We have time to interact with the patient with so much compassion and care that oftentimes a nurse doesn't, she doesn't have that time. She is yeah. jamming. She's taking care of a handful of patients. So yeah, I, 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 um, appreciate you calling that out. We're always trying to elevate the role of EVS workers in the industry yeah. as they you are would doing be surprised. Work. Well, probably not surprised, but some of the comments that we get, I especially think about our pediatric floor. Yeah. Um, we have some really, really special employees who help keep our, um, our rooms and our units clean in that area. And the amount of positive comments we get from families who've interacted with our EVS staff in that unit is just incredible. And it's so cool to read them and just understand the voice of the patient and how impactful it is that no matter who you are, you come through that threshold and you have the ability to influence somebody's day, somebody's care, um, just by taking a moment to acknowledge them or interact with them. You're in the room anyway. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty phenomenal to see it all come together. Love that. Okay, last question. And I yes. so appreciate just hearing these stories. And, I do and have a little extra time, so okay. we can roll through if you have time. I know you're very well read. You've gone to all sorts of conferences and you've made a life of studying probably a gazillion different subjects on this matter. But what's one book, person even, um, that has been really influential to get you to either where you are today or the mindset that you have today around really caring for, for the patient experience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, this is a really hard question for me because um, one book is really <laughs> just almost impossible for me to hone in on. Um, so I may list a few if that's okay. Um, of course, Quint Studer and Stephen Beeson are, I call them the OGs of patient experience. They have um, some manuals of um, physician excellence and practicing excellence that are just 
amazing starter material for anybody kind of embarking on the journey. And kind of back to the question about what are three things you can do. Um, Dr. Beeson does such a fantastic job, even in the work that he does today of influencing the provider and physician um, um, role in, in patient experience. And I think uh, those two, you can't, you can't have a conversation about patient experience without them. Uh, another fantastic book that came out of Cleveland Clinic, um, Chief Experience Officer James Merlino is called Service Fanatics, and that's a fantastic read. Um, if you if you haven't uh, haven't read that one, as far as patient experience topics go, I think that's just incredibly important. And I'll put a put a last um, a last book in here. It's not necessarily about the patient experience, but it's more about the healthcare industry. Um, it does focus on physicians, but it really talks about healthcare from a systems lens. And um, it's a recent book that Dr. Robert Pearl published called Uncaring. And it was just an incredible and stunning read about the state of healthcare today, um, how we got that way, um, some of the issues facing physicians as far as compassion fatigue and burnout and moral injury and what happens as a result of that um, from training to other things. And I'd actually reached out to him because I was really interested in a lot of those topics associated with nursing as well. But um, I think for us to understand how to deliver a good patient experience, we also have to understand the system that we work and operate and live in. So I think that's really a fantastic book just to give additional insight to maybe people um, both physicians and non-physicians in our industry um, and how we kind of uh, fix a broken system, so to speak. Okay. So that's so important. I love it. Okay. Those were three great resources. Christy, thank you so much. If someone heard this podcast and was like, oh my gosh, I need to know more about what she knows. Is there a good way for someone to reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm active on LinkedIn. So certainly um, that's a fantastic place to come and find me. Uh, Christy Schmidt, K-R-I-S-T-Y-S-C-H-M-I-D-T-M-N-R-N if, if uh, you're looking for me. And there are some other folks um, out there with the same name. Um, also, my, my email address, if I can uh, supply that, my personal email is K-S-C-H-M-I-D-T-R-N at Gmail. So that's my first initial, my last name, kschmidtrn at gmail.com. And I'm happy to have um, conversations with folks, um, answer any questions, uh, even young people looking to get into healthcare or nursing. Um, I also really have a, a huge desire to help a mentor in lead um, the nursing industry as a whole. So um, happy to happy to answer questions or any act, interact with folks, uh, whatever they might need. Awesome. We need more people like you in this world, Christy. Thank you for what you do and just that story of, um, you know, you in the emergency room, really just being there and being present and just helping in whatever way and that inspiring your life and healthcare, I think is just phenomenal. And so it's just great to hear stories, the stories that make you who you are, you know? And, yeah, and absolutely. Fun. So thank well, you. I really appreciate the time and thank you so much for the conversation. It's so much fun. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Turning Point. Feel free to look up Stacy Wong on LinkedIn 
for more of her original content on all things healthcare. Have a great day.